Welcome to the All-Star Networking Podcast. It's the show where you hear from a new expert each week on how to build an all-star network, increase business sales, grow careers, find a job, or enrich your life. Let's get it started. From the Midtown Global Market in Minneapolis, here's your host, Kathy Paper. Good morning. Happy lunchtime, everyone, mm. or afternoon or evening or whenever you're listening to this awesome All-Star Networking show. I am Kathy Paper here with the trusty producer, Matt Tell. Come on, Matt, get those headphones on. we got to make sure the sound is really good. We are recording. We're recording live, and then we make a couple tweaks just in case it's really loud here at the market. Um, I think I told everybody who I was, right? I said I'm not feeling the greatest, but today um. my guest is my awesome former neighbor, Marshall Saunders. Marshall, say hello and let everyone know what you're up to these days and maybe what you're thinking about for lunch, a couple different options. Yeah, right. Well, hello, and thank you for having me. You know, we're not neighbors anymore because I moved up to like, I know that. I Canada, said basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Canada. Uh, North Branch, Minnesota, which is a, a, a long way away. But what I do is I own a company called One Over Images. What we are is a media company and we concentrate primarily on the real estate space. So we take the listing photos that you see uh, on, on a lot of listings. We take uh, 3D virtual tours. We create floor plans of homes for sale, uh, listings. We work with listings, rentals, all sorts of things. Excellent. And, uh, and that builds on, you know, from 1990 to 1998, I owned a video production company where we did all, all sorts of media. And then from uh, 1998 to 2014, I was a real estate agent and real estate broker. So this kind of combines both of my careers into one space where I work in real estate and then I also get to do the multimedia, all that sort of fun stuff and play with all the equipment that I own anyway, so I might as well do something with it. So that's what I do, and but I also do a lot of real estate investment uh, as well. Nice, nice. Okay, so I had forgotten or maybe didn't know. So after McAllister, yeah. you then did the video production company. Um, Matt, I got a technical question for both of you, actually, because Marshall, I know you also do some podcast work. What's the policy on interrupting someone in a podcast? Like if I got excited when he said, oh, a video production company, can I interrupt? <laughs> I'd say. Because yeah. I feel like I'm a little like the baton. Like you need to talk and no, then I talk. I, I, think, I, I think interrupting is okay. Interrupting is okay? Okay, good. Well, I was getting a little stiff. So now <laughs> I, won't, I won't be so stiff and formal. Because like I said, we were former neighbors and um, – you should drive by your old house because it's a different color now. Oh, really? Yeah. Great. Yeah. Because I know that, uh, you know, we priced it accordingly because it needed a paint job. Yeah. And so we knew that they were going to paint it right away. What color did they go with? Yellow? or? Well, should I tell you yeah, or do you want to be no, surprised? I, tell me. It's a lighter color of the shirt that you're wearing. Oh, really? So it's kind of a Light gray, green. gray, green, brown, green. It's stunning. Okay, great. With white trim and the whole deal. So That's check, great. check it out. Awesome. Good and for them. Yeah, good for good for them for sure. But yes, okay, so as an entrepreneur and a business person and just an all-around good community guy, I mean, is as networking, what role does it play for you? Well, networking for me is not only important, but it's absolutely essential. I don't do a lot of advertising. I really don't. I use my network 
to get business, to tell people about. I was looking at my website. You know, we have a lot of business. I mean, I'm constantly uh, working, and we have uh, seven freelancers that do uh, audio and video and uh, photography for us. And I think I looked at the stats on my website, and I have like a hundred visitors over the last year, like almost nothing. No one. No one goes to my website, and which is fine. I, you know, I don't use it uh, like that. But uh, it just goes to show that I, I'm really not out there, kind of trying to funnel a lot of business through that. I get business by calling people. I get business by knowing people, and having those people refer me and have those people build conversations. So, yeah, it's it's absolutely the lifeblood of how I grow my business the only way really that I grow my business and okay so let's just back up for a minute because again we have people that listen that are freelancers if you use freelancers for the audio and video do you need any more photographer freelancers I happen to have two college age people I absolutely do I'm I'm kind of desperate for employees right now I am desperate for people who don't smoke a lot of marijuana that is very (laughs) very rare Okay, the people like so many of the people that I hire show up and they're like baked and they're and they show up a half an hour, 45 minutes late. I only have two hours in the house to do everything like I got to be running. I'm running from room to room to get it all done. I can't have people show up late. I have to have people show up right on time, if not early. I have to have them totally mentally prepared and not high. That's really all because I can train you to do all the photography. It's it's not that complicated. Um, most of it goes on in the photography editing room anyway. Um, so I can hire just about anybody, but I have to have those requirements. And they have to have reliable transportation. They have to be willing to drive anywhere in the Twin Cities. But beyond that, I can be shoveling out a lot of money uh, to people who are interested. All right, well, I'm desperate for employees. Excellent. Well, I, this is how the, this is how my this networking, networking works is, right? is connecting the people. Yeah, so I got a couple people to, to connect you with when the, sh- when the show is over. Um, <laughs> but backing up to what you said you call people and you really know, know your network. How did you find the right people to start with at the beginning? Well, First of all, you know, I was in real estate for years and years and years, so I knew real estate agents who right. needed this done. And by the way, he's not a hundred years old, you guys. So when he <laughs> says years and years and years, like seems let's like just years slow and years. Down. Yeah. That that's real estate years, which are right. it's like dog years. It's like seven years for every human year. But um, I, I called them, and I was very nervous because I'm asking my closest friends to use me. And if you, if you know real estate, you know that the, the pictures are everything. People flick through your pictures to you know, determine whether they're gonna see a home, whether they're interested in taking their interest to the next level. It's essential. So I, it's very, very, very important. And so I wanted to make sure, so I actually practiced on properties either that I knew or that weren't even for sale uh, were friends' homes and for free for about two years before I even started charging my closest friends to do theirs. And then from there, I built a, a gallery. I built, you know, a, a kind of a book of business that I could show people what I've done. 
and then I moved on and then I asked them to refer me you know I said you know people have relationships so I'm not going out there trying to say dump your current photographer because if you're if you trust them and you rely on them and you have a long-term relationship keep it that's so important but sometimes they're not available Sometimes I might work in an area or be willing to travel and your current photographer isn't. Uh, maybe I have certain services that they don't offer, like drones and 3D tours and floor plans mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And when you need those, please use me as a resource. And then you slowly work and then as you gain a client, you ask for a referral. You gain a client, you ask for a referral. And the beautiful thing about working through networking and growing your business through networking is that you have control of where your business grows and how it grows. When I put out an ad on Facebook or on TV or wherever one would market, I don't know where that person's gonna come from. So I live up in North Branch, I might get someone from, you know, Otsego or Northfield, which I will go to, by the way. So I've got a, a tack on an hour and a half of drive time. Uh, to the beginning and end of that uh, that job. Whereas when I grow by networking, I go to people in Forest Lake, I go to people in Lino Lakes, I go to people in uh, you know uh, uh, North Branch, I go to people in Rush City, and I and I network with them to grow my business, and therefore my business grows where it is most advantageous yes. for me to grow it. So uh, that's why I like growing by networking rather than advertising. Nice. And and so you said when you started to build your network, you went to your friends. Right. Right? And... and My network. Your network. <laughs> right. Your friends are your network. Right. Okay. The friendliest people in my network. The I friendliest mean, my people. My closest friends aren't in real estate, so uh, right. they would be of no advantage. But Okay. So you did a little bit of, just to break it down, right? Right. You did a little bit of looking at your network to say, these are the people that I think would be interested in my new service. Right. And then the friendliest ones. Right. I and wanted to start with 10 core Did you put customers. a number on it? Yes. You did? Okay. So I wanted to have 10 core customers. Those 10 core customers would do at least 12 listings a year because it's a listing game. It's not a buyer game. And I figured that I would have a 1 in 10 chance of gaining their business. So therefore I put the number that I have to call 100 people that do at least 12 listings a year that are in my network to gain 10 clients that right. do 12 listings a okay, year. Okay, so this is why I love that you do math because when you and I talked on the phone, which we'll touch on later, you do the math because you said you have to call 10 to get one right. and you knew you needed 10 so then there were the 100 people. Okay, so anyone listening, Take out your pen and pa paper and think about your network of what do you, who do you need in your network to get to those numbers? And did you really call 100 people oh, or yes. did you have a bet? You did? Well, and I also used the term call a little bit fungible. You know, some of them I texted, some of them I emailed, uh, you know, some of them I uh, went by their open house when I knew that they were having an open house. Some of them I, I Facebook messaged and then some of them. I actually called on the phone. Some of them I did multiple ways of getting a hold of them. Nice. So, so I used the word call, like call on. Yes. Uh, you know, in multiple. Okay, so Matt, ways. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. Like listening to some of those numbers, and I think this is the part of the networking that like people get tired and they stop, and they're like, no way, they'll call three people and think, oh my god, I'm terrible at networking, right? Uh, Nothing happens. 
But I think putting a number on your network makes people very uncomfortable, but it's part of the experience, sure. right? Sure. Right. So yeah, that's why I'm punctuating this. Notice I punctuate the stuff that I think like, Pay attention, people. We are talking to one of the guys, Marshall, not to, you know, puff you up too much, but you have had many successful experiences and built a business and then exited the business and done all that because you know how to market and you know how to network. And, and several unsuccessful businesses, too. So okay, not, well, not everything's been golden. Right. Yeah, me too. Me too. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but we like to focus on the wins. That's right. Because that's what helps you more is that you do it. Well, we learn from the losses, too. Right. Um, so you do the numbers, you knew exactly kind of who you wanted to talk to. What's been kind of challenging? Was it hard to find any of those people or what? were there any bumps along the way? I'd say the biggest bump is, like I was talking about, asking people that are real, I'm really friendly with to um, it, kind of putting them in an uncomfortable position because we are friends. I'm asking for their business and asking them in the real estate world to do something really challenging, which is to find a new vendor and use a new vendor, take a chance on somebody. Um, that is really uncomfortable. And I really prefaced all of my conversations with, please understand that if you never ever use me, I will totally understand. I was a real estate agent, I was a broker. I know that it, it would take a lot for me to forego a relationship that I trusted and that I use. But please understand, if you have that opportunity, I would like to throw my hat in the ring, okay? And, you know, so that was the biggest bump is kind of getting over that that level of uncomfortability with asking people who are, you're really friendly with to do you a favor and right. risk their business by giving you business. It's a little... That's a little right. scary, yeah. Right, of course it's scary, yeah. but you also, you know, you wouldn't have gotten into this if you didn't, like you said, you had, you know, eight years of experience in video production, and then you knew what you were doing, and, you know, it right. wasn't like, you know, you believe in what you're you're selling to people. I do, I do, but, yeah. you know, but there's also the seller in this mix, and I had a very good friend, actually my closest friend in my network. Um, this actually happened about a year into my business, so it wasn't right away. Um, the seller hated my photos and actually asked him to use another vendor and really? go to somebody else because they hated that photographer so much. Wait, the seller hated your pictures? Right, yeah. Oh. And, you know, and so here is a friend who trusted me with their business. Now, luckily, we had had 30 or 40 great experiences together and we have worked since together so right. it wasn't uh but boy if that had happened earlier on boy oh boy it would have been really a blow to my confidence and really a blow to his confidence in our relationship and the worst part about this the the, the thing that makes this so awful is the pictures from the other company were better they, I looked at them and they were nicer than my pictures and it was like oh man I would have loved it if they were just the same yeah. you know like oh yeah. you know she had some weird you know bug about yep. that, those pictures sunset photos or twilight photos right. oh my gosh they were, they were gorgeous and I have a bunch of excuses that I had a bad night it was kind of rainy I only had one night to do it blah 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 all sorts of excuses but the fact is, they were gorgeous right. and compared to mine. 
and that was what made it the most painful thing of all. Well, or that's one way of looking at it, but this is me as the the, 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 co- the coach or advisor is. It's like, then you learn, okay, right. what are you going to do, I right? Did. What are you going to do to make it better? But I promise you, I take just as good a Twilight yeah. Photos now, now. because yeah. like that was my obsession for the next yeah. six months is I'm going to do this better than anybody. But it's a, you know, it's an interesting point. I think about people that I've referred to my network and I've had a few people where you refer them and then they don't represent you very well. Right. So in some ways, your friend did you a favor by saying, hey, my seller wants to use... Right. Because then you could get you could get your whatever. You could get your pictures better. Or you could improve. Right. I see a lot of people don't give the feedback. So like in right. my instance, I networked somebody that was looking for a job to two separate people. Mm-hmm. And this person must have been like the worst conversationalist that both of them picked up the phone and called me and said, don't ever refer somebody like that to me again. Oh, wow. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of a problem. <laughs> so, sure. you know, again, right. you know, n- nobody's perfect, right? right? So that's why a network is you want them to tell you the truth and, you know, we all have things to work on. Or, right. you know, for me it was I called the person looking for work and said, you know, you're representing me. Right. I need to understand what happened, right? Because right. there are two sides to every story. And then, you know, then I had to, now when I give people to go talk to somebody, I do say, please be respectful. This is my relationship. Sure. When you show up, will you represent me well? Right. And, you know, I explain a little bit. And for me, that was a lesson in vetting. You right. Know, do you, are you vetting people there? So, right. So I know you were really involved in your um, in your church yeah. or in uh, you know the school you know where we met through the kids school is sort of how do you keep a diverse network? Hmm, that's interesting. I you know I gotta admit that I don't think I have a very diverse network. I'm I'm very much in real estate, and I think if someone came to me and said you know like how do I start manufacturing shoes in China or something like that? I'd be like, I have no idea. You know, like I don't have um, that kind of rich where I, this person's in this business and this person's in this business. Um, well, you could call me then. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that's my network, right? <laughs> I'd call someone who does have a rich network. Yeah. But I, I guess, you know, that doing that method, I got a lot of, now this is when I was networking for, real estate clients, people who would buy and sell real estate through me. Um, I was very involved with a number of charities at the University of Minnesota in their medical school. Oh. And I did. And why the medical school? Well, my dad died of cancer and he was very interested in, uh, you know, kind of things that would help cancer. Uh, Oddly enough, he died of colon cancer, but he was interested in other forms of cancer. uh, but um, uh, pancreatic cancer in particular. And of course, I was on this pancreatic uh, cancer thing, and it was so fun because we had to raise, we had to, ra- uh, the, the whole thing, the whole school, the, the, it, now the, the, the building is built now, but we had to raise a billion dollars. Oh, so it was called the Vision 2017 campaign, and we started it in like 2010. And our goal was to raise a billion dollars. So then, it divided into four groups. So I was in the cancer group, right? So we only had to raise 250 million, right? Like literally the the day after this committee was formed, the Masons called us 
and gave us $225 million. What? <laughs> and, and so that's why it's called the Masonic uh, Cancer Center. So we had like seven years and all we needed to raise was $25 million. So it was like, you know, we got together every six months, sat around, talked about how we're well underway. It was, it was kind of nice. But anyway, on that, I got to know Deborah Powell. The, at that time, she was the uh, head of the medical school. I sold her a home for like $3 million in Hopkins. All the department chairs, Selwyn Vickers, who came up here, who had a specialty in pancreatic cancer. Ashok Saluja, his second uh, kind of vice chair of medicine, uh, of surgery, excuse me. I mean, I sold all these people homes as well as working on this right. and and so that was a way of networking and uh and i really didn't go in there i was not pounding on the doors i was not calling them hey you want to buy a home you want to buy a home i just made known that that is my company you right. know and uh oftentimes the lunch that we had was catered by remax results which was my brokerage you know, and that's how I nice. network there. Nice, you know? nice. But but ultimately, and I'm sorry for your your loss of your father. I didn't know it was colon cancer. Yeah. Um. You know, I go to colon cancer fundraisers and know what the U does, and mm-hmm. you know, we're here right next to Alina. Like, you know, it's a serious one. In fact, I just saw Katie Couric said everyone should get tested at 45. Yeah, I I had my first <clears throat> one at 38. Well, yeah. you did a good thing then to, to, to help, too, to build that buildings. And there's our PSA for good. That's do right. Your, do your colonoscopy. Do your colonoscopy. Get your PSA levels, right? Right. All of that. So how did you, you know, when you decided, you know, again, you're busy. You're busy raising a family, you know, running your business, managing all the realtors. How do you decide what activities to, to participate in? I mean, I'm lucky to get your time. I feel lucky to get your time today, although I know you'd rather be, like, flying a drone around. Have you done uh, yeah, a drone right. above the building? Could we hire uh, you to do some I haven't drones yet. above Midtown Global? Good. Okay. <laughs> I have it in my Could car, actually. we have drone actually. day? I got <laughs> yeah. a new event for us, Matt. We're going to have drone, drone day. day. Um, well, you know, you talked earlier about the numbers, and I am a numbers person when it comes to networking, though math was not my strong suit by any means, but... I follow a book, I think the greatest business book ever made in the history of mankind is The Kaizen Way, K-A-I-Z-A-N. It's a Zen Buddhist thing. It's, it is a short read. It is probably a half an inch thick in hardcover. Um, but The Kaizen Way is basically anything, no matter what your goal is, no matter how crazy huge it is, anything can be accomplished by breaking down your goal into doable, digestible action items every single day. Let's say I want to, I'm a, I'm a car salesman and I work at, um, I don't know, uh, Bentley, right? And I sell Bentleys. And I make, and I say, I want to make 300 grand a year. And on every Bentley, I make three grand. I'm, I have no idea if these I numbers think are. Bentley, <laughs> might, Bentleys are the be fancy more. ones. That's yeah. the one that Arthur drove, right? In the movie, yes, Arthur. that's right. That's right. Okay, so let's so, just give them ten grand. Right. Raise your okay, math. Okay, ten right? grand. So that means I need to sell thirty Bentleys a year to make my goal, right? Okay. So now my goal is not to make three hundred thousand dollars a year because that is an amorphous goal that has no handle to it. Right. Right. Now my goal is not to make three hundred thousand. My goal is to sell thirty Bentleys. 
then I retract it from there. Okay, so if I call, first of all, I have to know who my target audience is, who is my, my target, and if I call, if I contact, if I have a relationship with 1,000 of them, how many do I sell? What is my ratio of right. contacts versus sales? So then, let's say I have to contact 100 people to sell one Bentley. So now, if I'm gonna sell 30 Bentleys, I have to contact 3,000 people, yep. okay? So now, again, my, my goal is retracted. My goal is not to sell 30 Bentleys. How am I gonna sell 30 Bentleys? That goal doesn't have a solid enough handle. So now my goal becomes contact 3,000 people that fit the demographic, that fit my target audience. Okay, so how am I gonna do that? Well, let's say I'm gonna work 200 days a year. Now the math becomes hard. It's 3,000 divided by 200, it's not something. Um, right, no, 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 I'm with you. What, 1,500, yeah. right? No, but I'm with right, you cause, right. because in terms of you, you got yeah. the 3,000 people, you found the right people, and right. then you know how many people do I have to say, let's just say I'm working, Right. what'd you say, 200, let's say 300 days. days. Let's yeah. say 300 days. Well, but you gotta, You're you gotta just understand, getting started. there's gonna be a lot of days that are busy. What I, I oftentimes ca uh, caution people, don't put too many days on the rotation, right? You gotta take out time for vacations, when you're sick, when you don't wanna call, when it's not a good time to call, um, you know, stuff like that. But anyway, divide the number of people you gotta contact by the number of days that you are gonna contact. So now, we've redacted it again. My goal is not to contact 3,000 people. My goal is to make X number of phone calls or contacts, substantive contacts, where I'm actually interacting with somebody this number of times a day for this number of days. My, my to-do list is made out for me. I got my list of people that I'm gonna contact. I've done my demographic study. I know exactly how many people, now I know, I gotta make 15 phone calls today. My to-do list is set up. My agenda for every day is laid out on a platter for me so I don't have to worry about how many, you know, three, making right. me 3,000 contacts, making 300,000 a year, selling this number of cars. That's done for me. But don't you think, I mean, I'm listening to this and I didn't do the math and Matt made us turn off our phones. So I, ca <laughs> I can't do the math and I don't want to do poor math on this right. show. Um, I love the breaking it down and I'm going to check out this book, The Kaizen Way. Mm -hmm. But where do I find the people? Well, so... No. So just again, that with some of your expertise, have you always seemed to be kind of in the right place at the right time or the right room? You you said the person who has the demographic, like do you think about then what would you join? If you were selling the Bentleys, would you play golf or would you buy a list or not well, getting into marketing? Well, and I, I don't- I think I'm shifting gears. Well, first of all, you know, so you search your own network. You search every Facebook, every, you know, person that you know or have any contact with, how many of them will fit into those demographics. Then you lean into usually the company you work with. Like in that, in my case example, Bentley. I'm sure that the Bentley Corporation or whoever owns them in the United States has access to demographic studies and lists and, and so on. And then of course for real estate, you know, you just, you go in and look in tax records of who lives there, right? And if you don't know their phone number and if you can't reverse engineer that, you search for them on Facebook 
Um, you send them messages there or send them a handwritten note. You have their address. You know, when it comes to real estate, you know where people live. Right. And go, hey, you know, you don't know me. I'm Marshall Saunders. Handwritten. Handwritten envelope. Never, ever pre-printed because people are just going to toss that. Right? Okay, wait, wait, wait. wait. Hold on because I got timeout on two things. Because, right. Or timeout meaning meaning you said real estate look into the tax record so mm-hmm. you are so prepared mm-hmm. with right. finding the right people are doing that and then the second one because i've gotten a handwritten note from somebody that you trained to help sell houses and it worked <laughs> right? right so say more about the handwritten note and how do people get over there what if they have bad handwriting oh, I have what if they the worst i have I mean, people call me and laugh at me for my handwriting. My family constantly ribs me about my. I mean, it, I I have dyslexia, and I have, and I had a real problem writing, and my handwriting. So I, I can't do cursive or anything like that. My handwriting looks like a kindergartner's handwriting. Screw it, right? Right. It, it, it's a handwritten note, and also. It's a great way because if people don't like my handwriting, they're not going to like me. I don't want to work with someone who doesn't like someone because of their poor handwriting. So it's a great way to sift out right. jerks, right? right? Who make those kind of horrible, horrible uh, decisions right. on me before they've ever met me. Right. So before they awesome, know. right? I, w- I want everyone to analyze my handwriting because then it'll sift out all the people that don't want to work with me. Right. So but you like the no- but you like the note, and I think th- I, I like I the note too. I hate writing them. I hate them. They're the worst part of my day. But there is literally, even in today's world where I live on my cell phone, there is literally no thing that gets an, a person that doesn't know you or doesn't know you really well to the point of having a positive interaction than a handwritten note. Right. And it gets opened. People rarely, I mean, people will give it the ink test, you know, see if this is... Is this pre-printed or whatever? But if it is handwritten and it is addressed to them, they'll open it. They'll 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 most likely open it. Awesome, awesome. The handwritten note. I don't I don't even pre-print my return address. I don't lie. Some people don't put a return. Oh, they won't know who it's from. No, I put right on there. Marshall Saunders, right? North Branch. Yeah, right. Wherever my or my business address or whatever you know whatever the case may be. But I, I don't lie about who it's from, and I say, right, and, That's and awesome. I put in there, and I make it short, and, and if it was a cold call, like if I was in the Bentley situation, listen, I work at Bentley Maplewood, and you fit the demographics of a person that would like this type of car. I don't know if you've ever seen a Bentley or driven one, but... If you at all are interested or you know someone who might be interested, please call me or email me um, or write me back or yes. have your have whoever might be interested do it. And if you do that enough times, nine out of ten of them are going to get thrown in the wastebasket. But one out of ten, right. you write ten a day, you've made one possible customer right. every day. We got day. our numbers. We got our numbers right. to hit. So this is awesome because we got to hit our numbers. Right. So... Do, writing the handwritten note or getting to those I'm only selling 30 Bentleys so right. 30 of those notes get through so right. that would be great alright well 
before we wrap up on the the show today, you know, you got to give me the top three places you're thinking of wanting to have for lunch here at the Midtown Global Market. Well, Los Campos. Okay. Right. Excellent. And then the sushi place. In town, in town sushi. sushi yes. Right. Yep. And then the Mediterranean place that's like half a hallway down from the sushi place. Yes. Looked really good. Yes. It all. It those all are very very good choices. Very I good choices. I defy anyone to come into this space though and not be ravenously hungry. I'm so hungry right now. Just these smells are driving me insane. It's awesome. Awesome. Wait till you hear, you know, there's Matt's got lots of good music coming. So people want to find out more about the Friends of the Global Market, they can. Um, I also am going to make a plug for, I'm going to go visit the jewelry store. I didn't know there was a jewelry store here. I've got a necklace that busted. So we'll see if maybe they'll repair my necklace or I'll be getting a new little chain. Cool. So thank you for making the time for this today. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to see you. Thank you for listening to the All-Star Networking Podcast with Kathy Paper. To learn more about strategic networking and making impactful connections, visit rockpaperstar.com. Please join us in supporting the Midtown Global Market as a vital community resource that supports small business, cultural diversity, and free or low-cost programming. Reach us at friendsofglobalmarket.org.